talking about excitement, amen? He's, he's, he's just saying, you know, it's exciting to be in his presence. It's exciting to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And, uh, you know, Debbie was talking about, you know, how we're, we're in the embrace, you know, but she also said, you know, how we brace for, um, you know, like we're on a roller coaster, you know, and, and um, you know, we're at that lip right now. We're getting ready to go, okay? Do you, do you know what I'm going to speak on? No. I know what I think I'm going to speak on. But I'm on that precipice right now, you know. And, and, and we're getting ready to, we're reaching that point of no return, amen. We're, we're just about there. We're, we're, we're there. We're not going to be able to turn around here in just a minute when we go over the edge. And Steve starts speaking. We don't know what's going to happen, okay? But we're going to we're going to experience it. We're excited about it, though. We're excited to see what the Lord has to say, and so um, it's an excitement today. And uh, when um, you know, I was getting ready to prepare for the for the message and everything, and um, I heard uh, Joe Osteen um, talk. A little bit, and uh, he was saying how he was giving advice for the uh, for women to pick out a good husband. And she, he says, you know, number one, he says there's five steps. He says number one, he says pick out someone with a good personality because this is someone that you want to spend your life with, that you want to, um, you know, that uh, that you're going to have to put up with for quite a while. So you want a good personality. <laughs> and he says number two, he says you want somebody that's a good provider because you know with a good Good, you know, good job, good work ethics, you know, and just uh, someone that's going to provide for the for you really good, you know, and that's important. But then number three, he says you want somebody that's going to be a family man because you want someone that's going to that's going to want a family and want kids and enjoy kids and and um, get uh, you know and and bring them up right and spend time with them and everything. And he says, and then number four, you want a godly man, a righteous man, you know, you, that's important, you know, so that you know, God gets brought into the household. And then uh, he says, number five, he says, that's a, this is the most important one. He says, number five is that none of these four men know each other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so anyways. Praise God. Let's bow our heads with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you're here this morning, that you've met... You've already met us, Lord God, in so many ways. You're ministering to us, Lord. We just ask that your anointing will be upon the word that comes, Lord Jesus, and that that, uh, it will um, reach out, go forth, accomplish all that you want it to, Lord. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So many times, you know, and um, I worked with a pastor um, years ago, that um, he was saying, you know, we get these promises from the Lord, and, uh, you know, there's so many promises in the Word of God that we grab hold of, and then there are sometimes that we feel like um, either through a ministry or through um, the, the Spirit quickening ourselves, we have promises and we have visions and, and things of what the Lord wants to do in our life. And we... Um, and these things um, we, we take and we, we are believing God to see these things happen in our lives. And uh, he says, you know, some of these things, 
you know, are, are instantaneous. We, we live in an instantaneous world, you know, so many things. I mean, the, you know, with the, with the internet, we have all the um, information that is instantaneously at the tip of our fingers, you know. We have, um, you know, the, the, the food we don't, you know, used to be take, you know, all day to prepare a meal, and now, you know, if you're, you know, we're instant people, pop it in the microwave, if it says, you know, if it says it takes five minutes, I'm going to check it at two minutes to see if it's done. You know, I don't want to wait five minutes. You know, I want it in two minutes. I want this thing fast. And we're in an instantaneous world, you know. And so, um, you know, they, uh, so, so these promises that God gives us, he said, you know, we are, um, you know, we begin to expect them. Okay, but we have to understand that there are some promises that are not for right now, right for this instant. There are some promises, and he says, you know, in in this minister that I work with, he says, you know, these things, uh, some things, you have to kind of just put on a shelf, and you wait to see. It's not that they're not from God. It's just that God is, is placing it within you. Sometimes there has to be a seed planted. You know, this is a, the springtime. We're planting seeds. We're getting ready to plant seeds when the snow stops coming. <laughs> uh, and it, we, start, we start planting seeds. But the, the seeds don't come, don't just plant it and sprout. It's not like Jack and the Beanstalk, Okay. These things are uh, take time. They they sit in the ground and they and they um, you know they have to uh, you know mature in the ground and then they you know they they get watered and in the, the warmth of the sun comes and warms them and and eventually they they begin to pop open and the little you know the little root starts coming out and then they start getting nourishment and they come up through the ground and then you see a little a, a little sprout come out. And then they start to come. It, the, but the promise was there of fruit, of something, vegetables or whatever. The, the promise was there, but it was just in the ground. It was waiting for its appointed time to come to fruition. And we have to understand that there are certain times that we have to wait. It's don't, don't give up hope just because we don't see it immediately. There are some things that we, that God, you know, gives us the, you know, gives us a promise and we get the answer right away. But then there are some times that we, we get a promise from God and we don't see a, an answer right away. It doesn't mean it wasn't of God. It just means that we have to, have to wait on it, okay? We put it on a spiritual shelf in our, we should have a shelf in our, in our spirit that we put these things on and we go back to that shelf every once in a while and we examine those promises that God has given us. We don't forget about them. We just put them up, we just put them away for a little while to see when it is that God wants to do these things in our life. God wants these things to be a part of you. But sometimes it takes time to mature and time, you know, you're not ready for those things yet. You know, and, uh, you know, and I want to talk today, today about um, Joseph, you know, and uh, um, Pastor Kathy has talked, you know, over the past, uh, you know, couple, 
few weeks, a month, you know, or whatever, about, you know, making these things, you know, she was talking about the, the story when Jesus and, you know, Passover and, uh, and the, um, you know, the crucifixion and everything and, and how these things, these are not, these are not just stories that we pass over, okay? These are things that really happened in somebody's life, okay? This was, in somebody's life, this was reality. Okay, this was not something that is just was just written there as a good story for us to read. This was not a, a Stephen King novel. Okay, this was this is something that somebody lived their life. This was their life. Now, if you take Joseph, now um, you know he lived a life that was very privileged. Okay, he was the you know he didn't choose to be who he was. He was born to be who he was. Okay. He was born, and, and he just happened to be the favorite of his father. Okay, the, all the sons were, you know, were part of the family. There was ten other sons, but they were all part of the family. But yet, he was the favorite, and he lived a privileged life because he was a favorite. He was given certain things. He was kept at home and, and enjoyed certain privilege of being the family and being the favorite of the family, you know. He was given all these things. He said he was, you know, he was made a special coat of many colors, you know, that just set him out aside from all the others, you know. But as he grew up, this was the life that he was living, okay? All right? He was like my son Elijah. It was a privileged life, you know. He, he, he gets things that some kids, you know, only dream about getting. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a blessing that he had as he was growing up. Now, he was, my son is, six, is 16, okay? Now, if you can picture this, Elijah's 16. Joseph was 17 years old. 17 years old. His father sent him out to check on his brothers who were out in the field tending sheep. They were quite a ways away, and it took a while to get there. But he went and he checked on his brothers. His brothers saw him coming. Well, he had had this dream that was a promise from God, a promise to him that his brothers were going to bow down before him. It was a promise that he got. And he sh didn't mind sharing that promise with his brothers, okay? <laughs> he was happy to share that with them. I'm the privileged son. And you know what? One day, you guys are going to bow down before me. Yeah. And so, needless to say, his brothers weren't excited about this. And... It, as they, when they heard he was coming, they plotted against him. I mean, they, I cannot imagine the anger, the hatred that must have been there in that family for this child because, I mean, they plotted to kill him. They plotted to kill him. I mean... Not just, you know, I mean, not just ridicule him, not just, you know, say bad things, not just tell him, I don't care for you, you know. They plotted to kill him. And, and they said that, you know, as they were plotting, 
they, they said that, um, well, let's hold off on that. Let's just throw him in a pit. Now, it says, um, it, it talks about later in the scriptures when they were reunited. It says, didn't we ignore him when we heard his pleas? We don't think about this fact. Well, Joseph didn't just sit down there quiet. He didn't just, he didn't just, I mean, I imagine at first he probably just thought, uh, you know, they're just joking around, you know, just giving me a rough time, you know, and everything, you know. And then they, and then they, they, they threw him in the pit. And they still, oh, come on, guys, you know. All right, that's enough. Funny joke, yeah. It's, it's okay, you know. We're done now, okay. Let's get me up. I gotta get home. I'll tell dad you're okay. Everything's fine. Let me up. Simeon. Move in. I can't imagine what would be going through the mind of a 17-year-old at that point when he hears staring at the mouth of the pit. All right, finally. They're coming to get me out. Just to be pulled out and sold into slavery. This was somebody's real life. This was what Joseph experienced in his 17th year of life. And he was taken off to Egypt. And he was sold to Potiphar. But you know what? Somewhere along the lines, his father, even though he was privileged, his father had instilled an ethic in him, an ethic that went beyond the circumstance. And he said that wherever I am, you can put me wherever you want to. The Bible talks about, you know, you can take me to heaven. You're there. I can go to the pits of hell. You are there. I can fly in the highest horse. I can go to the deepest seas. You can't, ex you can't escape the presence of God. And he, and he went, sold into Potiphar's house. And there it said that Potiphar saw that everything that this boy touched was blessed. He didn't go in there with this attitude, grumbling, complaining. I don't have to do this, you know. I'm, I'm just waiting until my father comes and rescues me. He went in and he kept his integrity in that 
in that house. And it says that they saw that everything that he touched was blessed. And he was put over everything in the household, it says, except for the food that the Potiphar ate. Everything else was under the rulership of Joseph. And Joseph saying, oh, well, you know, that's not so bad. We can live with this. Things are going okay. And then, Mattel. He's there for about a year. And then, he's falsely accused of making advances on Potiphar's wife. She tells Potiphar, and what happens? He's thrown into prison. I mean, I, I've never been to prison. I don't plan to go to prison. I don't want to ever go to prison. But of no, of, just say, I mean, now he's 18 years old. He, is, he has not done anything illegal, anything wrong. He's, he's lived, he, he loves God, he, he's, he's lived his life. I mean, we all make mistakes, you know. We all, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But yet, he loves God. He's, he's exhibiting a good, you know, a good life. He's doing what's right. He's making the most of the situations that he's getting into. And yet, he finds himself thrown in jail. And then in jail, once again, instead of getting all bitter and down and sitting in the corner and saying, you know, why is this happening to me? How come, you know, this is, this is the way it is? It says that the, the Lord had favor on him, and he showed himself to be a man of integrity, and he was put in authority over all the other prisoners. Okay, now, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but we're talking, think about this, we're talking about an 18-year-old boy in prison. Not just a prison, but the king's prison, the, or the, uh, the pharaoh's prison, okay? The, the palace's prison. This is where they put the serious people, you know? Criminals. And he is put in this at 18 years old. He's put over, you know, just a, a people that are, are hardened criminals, that are, that are probably two, three times his age. But God's favor is on him. And this is the message that I want to take. I want you to take home. If nothing else, okay, you hear out of this, okay, even if it don't get you a, a good husband, okay? Uh, this is the, the message that you want to take home, is that there is no outside circumstance that can come your way, nothing that can come your way outwardly that can rob you from what God wants.
If God wants to honor you and wants to raise you up, there is no situation. I don't care where you go. You can go to New York City. You can go to uh, you can go to to any place. You know, and God can raise you up. You can think I'm just one of a million people. Okay, and God can make you shine and make you stand out. There's nothing that can stop the, the, the favor of God in your life, okay? And when you, when you stop looking at your situations as being what defines you, and you are defined by the, by the will of God in your life, by, the, by God's hand, God's promises to you, when that defines you, your relationship. Pastor always talks about relationship, relationship, relationship. That's all about relationship. And when your relationship with God defines your situation instead of the outward circumstances uh, defining your, who you are and what you are and how successful you are, you're going to find that you're going to rise above those situations. You're going to rise above those things and you're going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. And this is what I want to say is that, you know, that there is nothing, nothing. Get, dear Joseph is, he's thrown in prison. You think you can't get much lower than that, okay? You're sold into slavery, you know? You, you're, you've got a, a, an, an awful boss that you're working for. You've got, you know, a, a, you know, a marriage that's, uh, that's, that's in trouble. You've got, uh, you know, a, a child that's rebellious. You've got, um, you know, a, a car that won't run. You've got, you know, whatever it is, it's an outward circumstance. It's an outward circumstance, okay? It's not an inward circumstance. You have to worry about the inward, not the outward, okay? The outward thing is just something that comes to show you who you are, okay? It shows you, there was a, there was a, a quote from somebody last name of Peebles that said, you know, how, you know, the outward circumstances do not define you, but they, they help show you, they define, they, they give you the opportunity to show who you are, okay? If you can overcome these situations, this is what we are called to do. We are called to be the overcomers. We are called to be the overcomers. And, it, and, and it's all about our relationship with God. Do we, you know, I mean, like, like Job's wife, you know, just curse God and die. The outward circumstances just tell me, yes, there's nothing for you. You're defeated. You've lost everything. You're sick. Your, your body is, is, is even given up on you. You know, you're covered with boils and sores and you're disgusting. You stink. Just curse God and die. Something inside of Job rose up and said, no, this outward circumstances is not who I am. I am a child of God. 
I am in, inside of me, even though I am, I, I am sick, even though I've got all these things coming against me, my spirit does not give up. My spirit does not give in to these outward things, but I'm going to rise above these things and I'm going to become who God wants me to be. And even if God takes my life, nonetheless, like the children, like the Hebrew children when they faced that, that fiery furnace, you know, my God is able to deliver me from this fiery furnace. My God is able to do this. He says, but nonetheless, even if he doesn't, you can rest assured of this, he's going to, He's going to uh, he's going to deliver me from you, Pharaoh. Whether it be in life or whether it be in death, I am free from the from you ruling over my spirit. I am going to serve the living God, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the outward situation is, no matter what the circumstances are, they cannot defeat you. If you put your trust in your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is where your hope, your trust must be. Amen. The world is full of situations, pits that you're thrown in, slaveries that you're under, prisons that you that you find yourself in. The world is full of them. We all have our own trials, our own things that we go through. But we have the one thing, the promise of God that he will find us. He will favor. He will, we will find favor in him. And we will rise above those situations. Amen? It says that Joseph was in there for 10 years. Can you imagine? Ten years. You know what, ten years ago? The, the, uh, the towers. That was ten years ago, okay? You think about all that's happened from that point till now, okay? And he was in prison all that time. And it says that he, he met up with these two guys, the, the baker, butler, and he interpreted their dreams, said, don't forget me when you're outside. And they went outside, they forgot him. Another two years! You know, not just, not just forgot him for a day, not just forgot him for a week. I mean, they got out of there, he got out of there, he forgot, him, forgot all about him for two years. Two more years! And they said, finally, the Pharaoh had a dream. And the baker said, oh, I remember. This guy in, this guy in prison. By the time he got to, to, the, to the Pharaoh to interpret the dream, he was 30 years old. This journey for him started when he was 17. Now he's 30 years old. And now it's beginning that promise that he had way back when he was, you know, young man, you know, a young boy that he had to put on the shelf 
that's been sitting on the shelf, dormant, for all these years. It's never going to happen. You know, he's, I imagine there were days when the enemy came and say, yeah, how foolish were you to think this silly dream, you know? Look at you, you're in prison. That dream, your, your brothers are never going to come and, and bow down and worship you. It's never going to happen. God does not forget. God does not forget. What what he has promised you, it may look impossible to the physical eye, but God has not forgotten each and every promise that he has made to each one of you. He has not forgotten the promises that he's made to me. They may be sitting on a shelf, okay? And I'm like, Lord, the candle's getting short. <laughs> like, to, like to see some of these promises come to pass. There is an appointed time for each and everything under heaven. God has an appointed time for you. He's got an appointed time for me. And if that if you try to make that promise come to, to pass before its time, it will not bear the fruit that it's supposed to bear. If you, build, if you dig that, you know, that seed that you planted, if you dig that up to check on it to see if it's growing, then it's never going to grow. It's never going to produce. It's never going to do what it, what it was meant to do when you planted it in the ground. You have to let it be. To watch it grow and let it do its thing until it's appointed time. And then it is ready. And you will bear the fruit of that if you will have the patience to wait for it to become mature. And this is, you know, in, so um, as you know, they, they, uh, Joseph interpreted the dream. There was seven years of plenty, seven years of, of, uh, of the um, drought, and nothing planted. It says everywhere around had to come to him. Okay? They'd come to Pharaoh and they'd say, hey, go to Joseph. He's handling it. He's got the food. He's got the, he's got the keys to the thing. He's, he's the man. It didn't matter what country you came from in that time. There was nobody that had any food in that area except for, except for Egypt. Because the famine was everywhere. And it said that all nations came to, get, to buy food from them. And Pharaoh would tell them, I don't handle it. Joseph is who you have to talk to. He's my man. And when his brothers came, just thank God. Boy, I've been waiting for this. Payback. <laughs> I mean, I think Joseph had a little bit of fun with it, you know. That he sent, a, sent him off with a, you know, to get his to get his little brother, you know. You know, he I think he did. But ultimately, he 
revealed who he was, the family was united. And they all came and lived in Egypt and was blessed and prospered because Joseph held on to that promise that was on the shelf, okay? And saw it through to its maturity, okay? Do not pick it before his time. Let, they, let that promise mature till it comes through, till God makes it happen. Because this is the key, is that if it's supposed to happen in your life, there is not a situation out there that can stop it from happening. There is nothing. When God's promise comes, it's going to come. When it's God's time. If you try to get it before that, then that's, you know, you're on your own, okay? God, hey, it can go however you want it to go, but, you know, best thing to do, leave it there. When God says it's time, then it's going to come suddenly. And you're going to look and you say, wow, how did that happen? I thought it was dead. I thought it was gone. I thought that dream was just a, you know, a thing that I had, but it didn't, it didn't happen. God says, no, I make a promise to you, and that promise is for always. It is always, always. I will see that thing, that good work that I've begun in you. I will see it through till it's completed. That promise that he has for you, that he's given you, he will see it through until it is completed. Says, and we'll go to Psalm 1. 39. Right at the start, it says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my sitting down, my rising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. God knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everywhere in between. There is nothing that you have done in your life that has taken God by surprise. It's all a part of the plan. He knows you're getting up. He knows you're lying down. He knows your life better than you know yourself. And he knows his plan for you. And it's a plan for good and not for evil. It's a plan that he, has, that he has formed from the beginning of the earth, from the foundations of the world. He had this plan. He said that when you were born, he said that was the perfect time for you to be born. You could not be born a year earlier, a year later, a moment earlier, a moment later. He knew exactly where you fit into the plan that he has. And you are an integral part. It would not be the plan that he has without you, without me. You are so special. That piece of the puzzle that nobody else can fill because it's only a plus spot 
that you can fill. Grab hold of who you are in God today. Grab hold. You are a special person to him that, that he has a special plan that nobody else can fill. And if he's, got, if he's given you dreams, if he's given you promises, and they have not come to pass yet, don't give up. Hold on to those things, because it's coming. The roller coaster ride is just beginning, and you're on it, and you're a part of it, and it's exciting. He's got an exciting life for you to live. And it's all in staying with a relationship with him and not looking at the situations, the circumstances around you, but hold on to your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Lord bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't you love Steve? Amen. I love how he gets there, that little part also, and then don't forget if you're looking for a wife, or a wife as a husband, those little five points, don't forget them. Defining moments, you know, it's just so wonderful to see where we are. We're watching again. I just encourage you, the words that keep coming and the thread that takes place. I love the description. Love the description. If any of you have been on a roller coaster... You climb, you climb, you climb, and then there's this pause. It's like everything is just like frozen for a minute. And no matter where you are on that roller coaster, people in front, people in behind you, they're just like, here we go. And then once it goes, like you said, Steve, there's no turning back. Look at your life. Our lives have been a roller coaster. Think about the defining moments that Stephen was talking about. But the greater moments are yet to come because this roller coaster now, it's a corporate. You walk through these things individually. I keep checking with Tom and different ones. How did your week go? <clears throat> well, last week I would just like to forget about it, but this week was pretty good. See, we're all walking in these places that God is just using all of the things, all of these elements that are around us cause us to recognize who we are in Him. And we begin to see this whole corporate need for one another and what Tom's going through, I'm going through, and what um, Cherie's going through, and Val. We all have these things that God is just weaving our lives through to continually to reveal Himself in these defining moments. This is who you are. You're more than what you've become. Come on, you're more than what you've become. And He keeps showing us that. And to where now, we're in this setting now where... <clears throat> Like I said, because he's about ready to cause us to just head over. The world is about ready to feel the impact of us crossing over. Come on, going over. We spoke about it this morning. Things are not the same. There was a defining moment this morning. There was something that transpired in the realm of the Spirit that God is doing and he's brought us to be a part of that because your story is part of his story. His story is part of your story. And so now we're in this setting now where I honestly believe if you look at all of the occurrences that have been happening over this last year or so, and it seems like it hasn't made a lot of sense or it hasn't had a real reason to it 
or an end goal to it. I honestly believe that this roller coaster, and if you want to call that, uh, let's just say as in the days of Noah, and let's compare it to not a roller coaster, but how about the ark? This corporate ark of his presence that was launched at a time that the whole world changed. And I honestly believe that's what's where we are right now. And we're in this setting that we're going to begin to see what our life and the impact that we're having on the world around us. It's not going to be, just hang on, Val. It's not going to be the things that are now affecting us. You're going to begin to see in your home, in our children's lives, even in our adult children's lives, relationships that we've had over all of these years. We just had a Zoom meeting last week. Unbelievable of the impact. Unbelievable of the impact that God is using in and through our lives, through our words, to alter, to change, to make a difference in our environment, in the atmosphere. So that's really what's taking place. Yes, Val? Yeah. way back. I drove myself down there. And on my way back, I accidentally got going over to the Hudson River. I weren't headed this way. Mm-hmm. I went over that uh, Hudson River twice before it dawned on me I was going the wrong direction. Was that God telling me, helping me trying to figure out what's going on? Was that God telling me that you might want to pull off somewhere and find out where you're at and figure out your way back. Val, I love you. Absolutely love you. Now stop and think about it. Okay, now just now just sit up a little bit higher. Why would the Holy Spirit bring that back to her this morning? How long how how long has it been since you've driven a car? Years. So why would the Holy Spirit just drop that down right now? Is he saying you keep crossing over back and forth? Maybe it's time to pull over and look at things differently? Maybe wait for the Holy Spirit to say, this is, this is the way to go. Don't you love it? Come on. Steve said it is Steve said this isn't just a story we're reading about, it's real lives. Come on. This is our real life that we're seeing being revealed. I never even knew Val drove. Long time ago. The Holy Spirit knows how to take all of the defining moments in our life because that had to be a defining moment for her, for the Holy Spirit to bring it now. (laughs) And a lot less expensive. I agree with you. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for for how beautiful you are. I I, want to play that. Ben, make sure you get that song. From Deb. Father, how beautiful you are. Father, how beautiful you are. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word, the promises. 
this, this living shelf, these seeds, these dreams, these hopes, these defining moments. Let us all, Father, begin to see the strength, the strength of what we have in our hope and the dreams and the promises that you've made yet to be fulfilled. But everything that you're doing, every moment of every day that has brought us to this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Whoa, you're almost like you don't want to leave this morning, huh? Wasn't that good? Oh, I forgot. We got people out there. Blessings, everyone. I'm sorry. I forgot you were on this live thing. Sorry. Uh, we hope you were blessed this morning. <laughs> we're going to continue to uh, carry on and finish the things we're doing. Uh, I just encourage you to draw close to one another. I'm just going to also just to encourage you, for those of you that um, are on the social media, you know, you have Twitter and all these different things, I would just encourage you, there's a particular... Uh, download it. You can put on your your phone. It's Signal, S-I-G-N-A-L. It's just another form or a way to be able to communicate. And I would just encourage you to do that. It just gives you another access to uh, have an opportunity to communicate.